1: Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Uh, One we're in the deep end with, at least I'm in the deep end, uh, when we're talking about mathematics and faith in God. So turning our attention today to mathematics... So either you loved maths at school and you're excited about this sort of conversation and perhaps you might be in the minority there. I don't know. It may be that you're in the other camp too and some more sophisticated dimensions of mathematics actually left you numb. There's nothing more frustrating, is there, than being faced with a maths problem and having no idea where to start. But today we're talking about a dimension of mathematics which will interest every single one of us, whether we were great at maths at school or not, Talking mathematics and God. It may be a surprise, but some of the best thinkers in history have said mathematics is proof for the existence of an all knowing God. Well, our special guest through this next hour, Dr. Sam Hay, is back with us. Sam's a former maths and science teacher. Before moving into church pastoring and tertiary college education in Bible, history, and sociology, He's currently lecturing in education at Alpha Crucis College to students who are teaching and preparing to teach many subjects in Christian schools, including maths. Now He teaches critical thinking for effective learning and other topics to trainee teachers. Sam, a special welcome back to 2020 to you. Thanks, Neil. It's great to be with you again today. Hey, Sam, uh, before we get into this, uh, tell me about a passion of, for mathematics that you obviously do have as a former maths science teacher, you've really got to have your head around maths, haven't you? Because maths and physics and all of those different uh,
0: uh, topics, they rely on mathematics. I have a passion for uh, maths as uh, something that's creative that you can enjoy. I think if I play puzzles with my children, play Monopoly. um, We're thinking with maths and uh, I think uh, maths is something you can use in the shopping centres. Um, uh, You can creatively think about the price of this, the price of that and how to do it. Budgeting, I enjoy talking to people. I've uh, been working with people coming through who are thinking about their budget, how they can do with it. I like the way it can enlarge your world. Budgeting can enlarge your capacity to work with your funds. So I love what maths can do to give you greater freedom, greater power, greater wisdom in life.
1: I remember my dad always said to me, because I was never, as I say, this was not my strong suit, mathematics, but he said, son, it helps you learn to think. And there's something in applying yourselves to a maths problem that actually does encourage your capacity to be able to think through solutions.
0: And it's important to realise that mathematicians and scientists often begin with a huge amount of not knowing. And so if you're in a maths classroom or if you're a parent of a child struggling with maths, this is part of the joy of maths if we can say that, in that uh, you begin with puzzles. It's a bit like doing a jigsaw. You don't have all the answers in front of you. And if you can learn to enjoy maths, three problems with uh, maths that cause anxiety to students. One is imposing the outset from the beginning, imposing a set answer. And uh, you can probably remember when your parents said, you've got to do it this way. And they got wild when you're cooking. You've got to do it this way. Piano lessons, you've got to do it this way. It loses all the joy out of it. Sport or golf, you've got to do it this way. So that's one of the problems. The other is public exposure when you're asked to do sport or golf or music or mathematics. In front of others, and there's a danger of public exposure, and and the other is no relationship, no listening to the student or child who's doing the maths, no enjoying and exploring. Uh, In classrooms, we'll get students to do, um, work out the circle, uh, circumference and we will allow them to experiment with bits of string, bits of tape, and to come up with their idea of working out the circumference. So again, empowering the student through enjoyable ways to approach maths is so important. You're teaching teachers
1: who will teach maths to school students. Uh, I'm just remembering uh, an old friend of mine who was a statistician and uh, showed me his doctoral thesis one night, and uh, I flicked through there, and some of the equations in there uh, were literally taking up, you know, a quarter of the page, and that was just one equation. Just huge uh, complexity in all sorts of equations that people work with. So uh, when we're talking maths here, Sam, um, 2 plus 2 equals 4, you know, You've got all sorts of other different equations you start to learn in school, but then you get into tertiary levels, and it's mind-boggling, isn't it? Because some of the things you've got to be able to grapple with are beyond most ordinary thinkers.
0: And I think there's like so many things we do in life, whether it be sport or whether it be music, you begin with the very simple And then you add and you add, and then if you keep going for three years, you get your bachelor's degree, you do another two years, you get your master's, and you master it, and and so on through primary, secondary, and into uh, tertiary study. But the one thing that mathematicians are fascinated by is the sense of order that's everywhere. And today, people also talk about chaos, chaos theory. Surely that explains the universe. But many mathematicians say there can never be pure chaos theory. There has to be law that governs the chaos. And we spoke before about game Monopoly. Surely you roll the dice and it's just chaos. Whether you win or lose, it's the roll of the dice. But it's always within the laws and guidelines and structure of the Monopoly board, the laws and guidelines of the structure of Mayfair and Park Lane, and everything's allocated. And this is what we find about the universe everything's allocated. There's no such thing as pure chance. We might get a wet winter or a dry winter, but we still get a winter and a summer and rain. There is so much order in the world that many mathematicians and scientists, so many I've just been exploring, the number of scientists who've been Christians, and I'm amazed that it's often the awe, it's the interest in the sense of order in the universe that's main, uh, motivated so many to explore the meaning that's there and so doing maths without Christianity I think is impossible as we heard before Yes and uh, doing
1: monopoly without
0: having the rules actually
1: uh, you know it's it's chaos so uh, <laughs> yeah, it's the rules that actually make the game enjoyable if everyone yes. understands the rules. Hey this idea of maths and consistency of a universe holding together so you might have a simple maths equation 2 plus 2 equals 4 and it gets more and more and more complex but This thought that the consistency of the universe holding together, that takes us into a whole new level. Uh, It's almost like a philosophical level too, but if you're talking about mathematics, you are talking about order and you are talking about laws. But consistency of the universe holding together, Sam, that's that's mind-boggling.
0: It is amazing that uh, whichever country you go to in the world, you've still got 2 plus 2 equals 4. Isaac Newton was fascinated by this, and he was fascinated by the Bible and God, and this led him to the uh, laws of motion, the laws of gravity, uh, because these laws are constant wherever we go. And this fascinates philosophers and mathematicians uh, who often are Christian because they are amazed by this sense of order.
1: You mentioned uh, the names of... Christians who were scientists, who were mathematicians. Uh, What names come to mind for you, for listeners?
0: Certainly uh, Isaac Newton, um, also Einstein, um, and both brought such an immense understanding of motion and gravity. Uh, The great uh, chemists who discovered uh, chemistry and how it works, uh, like uh, Robert Boyle, and uh, then uh, the great physicists who have explained how the physics of the universe and cosmos uh, works, and uh, recent astronomers who've uh, looked at uh, even origin of Big Bang begins with a uh, Belgium Catholic priest at La who uh, gives us this concept that there could be a sense of order about the universe coming into existence. Uh, You mentioned Einstein. I'm not sure he was a Christian,
1: was he? Because uh, I think he was a Jew, and Mm. uh, so you've got the Judeo-Christian Old Testament, New Testament understanding of how he would have been raised, Uh, but Mm. I'm not sure whether he was a Christian, but uh, any thoughts there?
0: Well, certainly uh, it's Einstein's fascination with this sense of order. Einstein was one who said, God does not play dice. And so it was his religious worldview, it was his uh, background from Judaism and that gave him this sense of confidence in order in the universe, which gave him the wonderful equations that are still being proven as correct and underlying the structure of the universe. Because I
1: imagine that if you leave God out of the equation, uh, then you're only going to be heading to chaos. Uh, Chaos is your only answer, because in order for there to be something that is... Uh, a you know a universe that's
0: that's ordered. You have to have something outside the system. Is that the way that works? Certainly, up until the late eighteen hundreds, about eighteen eighty, uh, natural philosophy included morals and moral development. It included maths and science. But in the eighteen eighties, there was a specialisation began to take place. Charles Taylor secularisation, and it's this specialisation that started to leave out. God out of a discussion of uh, maths. The great problem with this reductionism is that you reduce everything down to just uh, atoms and then you reduce it down to electrons and neutrons. Um, You don't have the life left in it at all. And I I think we as Christians are bringing holistic Understanding of the complexity of the world and all the valuable aspects of the world, as opposed to the reductionists and humanists uh, who are taking away the secularists who are taking away all that makes life worth living.
1: Let's talk about God in the equation here, Sam, because uh, you know, you talk about the universe and orderliness of the universe, mathematicians who are fascinated by the sense of order. Um, And I can't help but thinking, you know, when God spoke, uh, he spoke order into the chaos. Uh, That comes to us from Genesis, doesn't it? So when you've actually got uh, a God factor, that's the only way you can have order. Because if you want to get rid of God now, you say God was not there then and you only have chaos. So when we're talking about God being proof Uh, you know, that mathematics is proof of God, then somehow or other you have to start
0: with God in the first place. It's a bit like the chicken and egg analogy in that Isaac Newton and others would read their Bible and see that God has given a sense of laws, and we read them in Deuteronomy. And let's look and see what are the laws in the natural world. Now, in the 1800s, 1900s, up to the present, some people have said, well, hang on, we know the laws in the natural world. We don't need God anymore. But uh, if you throw out the chicken in the chicken and egg in your uh, farm, you're not going to have many more eggs. And so I think it's important to see the relationship between law as an architect. You go to a house and you measure the length of a house, um, 20 metres, width, 10 metres, and height, 3 metres, and say, there's no architect, I've measured it. It's just simply 20 by 10 by 3. Um, I found a piece of paper that's got those numbers on it. Must be no architect. Just reducing it to numbers doesn't remove the architect behind things.
1: There has to be an architect. Mm. And uh, interesting, isn't it, that the intelligent design uh, crowd, if you Mm. call them that, and you've got Mm. the creationists who say Mm. God is the creator, but the intelligent designer says, oh, I'm not sure it's the God of the Bible. We still need a gospel, Sam Mm. Hay. We still Mm. need to connect the God of the Bible to being the Creator, don't we? How
0: do you deal with that? Well, certainly, I think if it's maths or science, we can describe the laws that make things work, but there's so much missing there relationally. And so, if you go to the doctor who says you've got three weeks to live or six months to live, etc., the lack of compassion and love is. Uh, A real problem. And the same with uh, teaching maths, as we were talking before about maths in schools. If you say you don't need to be a Christian to teach maths and you teach maths in a reductionist way, it's just numbers and crunch the numbers, something's missing in that Christian school. We need to give the children freedom to explore the possibilities of maths. So freedom is important, but also a safe space to fail, a safe space when you fail and you get the maths numbers right and you come up with incorrect answers and very silly answers, you're still encouraged. And like the prodigal son, there's an encouragement to repent and turn home. So often, everything we do in life needs uh, relationality, forgiveness, love, support, which only comes from the Christian message. Helping you make sense of life, culture, and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision.
1: Well... Our talk back line open, 1-800-316-316. I'm in the deep end. Our special guest is not in the deep end. This is a subject he loves to talk about. Dr. Sam Hay is our guest. He teaches teachers who teach mathematics, and one of many different subjects that he teaches teachers to teach. But 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation. Hey, Sam, before we take any calls, uh, let's talk about... Godel's proof. Uh, Now, this is an illustration about drawing a circle. Give us some thoughts here for listeners how you might illustrate God and mathematics and how
0: this works. Mathematicians at one stage were getting very confident, like scientists, that they were explaining everything in the world. And Godel put forward his incompleteness theorem that if you draw a circle, then there's something outside that circle. And if you draw a bigger circle, there's still something outside that circle. And so if we're considering the nature of the human person, Godel said anything you can draw a circle around cannot explain itself. The one who draws the circle without referring to something outside the circle. And in the case of human beings, someone with personality, someone who can love, someone with goodness and ethics, all of these things are outside the circle that you're drawing in mathematics. So all closed systems depend on Openness outside. Um, All must include the personal, the all-powerful, the all-good. All science rests on the uh, assumption that the universe is orderly, logical. Maths has these fixed laws, but what is it outside these laws? So this inevitably includes a personal, caring, loving, all-powerful being which we know through Jesus as God. So we're all in our mind uh, drawing a circle right now.
1: And it's one of these sorts of philosophical problems where you say, how big could you draw that circle? Mm -hmm. And if you could draw that circle even the size of the universe, uh, the same principle applies. Whatever is within that circle, it has to be there because there's something greater outside the circle. So no matter how big you can think,
0: There's always something outside the circle. And it always must be a little bit separate from the circle. That is, you can't have the circle drawing itself. And it must always be involved with the circle in that uh, someone must be drawing the circle. And so we come back to classic discussions by the church fathers about how are we to understand God as both involved in his world, separate from his world, all-powerful and all-good, and this gives us confidence as Christians that we can know a sense of order in the world, and so we can wake up each morning with confidence and trust in the all-powerful God, but it also gives us a challenge of understanding what happens when someone goes wrong. We talked about the Monopoly game board before. What happens if someone starts throwing the houses at you? They've been given freedom to throw, but they're only two or three years old and they've got angry for some reason. Sure, freedom has its own side point. But then the gospel message tells me that you can repent, you can talk like a father, just as Father God can talk to us and encourage us to restore relationship.
1: Interesting on that uh, Monopoly board for a moment here, because as you say, uh, your emotions are a Mm. part of the game. And so, uh, you know, and anyone who's played Monopoly knows that you can go from you know on emotion, an emotional roller coaster. You can mm. be on a high one moment, mm. and then you land on one of your opponent's hotels, mm. and uh, you're up with a big bill. And, uh, and then you've got your own properties, and your opponent lands on yours, and so you've got this revenge mentality. So you've got all the the game, uh, the personality of the game. And so when we think about mathematics, Sam drawing that big circle, not just a mechanical. Uh, hard rule circle, but there has to be some level of personality. We explain that personality by saying that one who's outside the the circle has given to everything within the circle the personality. Am I getting too deep here, or how does that sound to you? I, I,
0: I love what you say. This reminds us that we are embodied people. We're not just atoms or numbers. Uh, We are embodied. But at the same time, we're separate from our body. So if you're feeling ill or if you have a bad day or, or if you pass away and die, there is still that life that thought uh, that you live. And so you're both embodied. So it's important for Christians to realize uh, the limitations of the embodied nature. If you're here in Brisbane, you're not in Melbourne or Sydney. If you're in Melbourne and Sydney, you're not here. But at the same time, it's important to realize that we live beyond our embodied. You can go to Sydney and Melbourne. And the same with emotional. You are both emotional But at the same time, you are not your emotions. I can say you are angry, Neil, because you're losing the Monopoly game. But at the same time you are way more than just anger or red face. You are much more than that. You feel anger. It's like a dial on the car saying, yes, the temperature's going up. But it's important for our mental health to recognise the difference between the anger that you feel that's sending alarm bells to you and what is there, and the same with the numbers that we crunch in maths. It's important to realise that they don't control all of our life. They're just part of the life that we live.
1: Uh, No doubt we'll continue some more on that conversation, but let's let a listener in on uh, the conversation too. Joanne is in Home Hill in North Queensland. Hi, Joanne. Welcome.
2: Hello, I am. You guys have just made me laugh out loud. a Monopoly game (laughs) with adults. My brother-in-law actually got in the car and drove (laughs) off.
1: Look, not everybody (laughs) is a good loser.
2: (laughs) I know not even three-year-olds. All I wanted to say was, I love Sam's enthusiasm for math and I love it Neil cuz I'm in the deep end with you. I'm a I'm a music teacher and they say that musicians are good at math. I break them all. They are not necessarily good at math. Although we read dots and dashes and and values and numbers on the page makes complete sense to me. It's like it was born I was born but I've asked teachers of math and they say well, you've got a zero care factor huh. <laughs> about math. Yep. And I don't know if that's true. And I've struggled with it so hard because my husband is excellent at math, yet mine's English. And yet I think, well, does God really care? I'm teaching children to play. I don't belittle them that they don't understand it. We get there, we play a song. But math, I don't know. I don't know how to equate the two. It's just <laughs> so it's been impossible in my life I'm 62 I've been teaching for 40 plus years and i just think as as enthusiastic as sam is about math there's structure there's order so has music and you just learn the rules you either love it or you don't do you think sam
0: sam I love your enthusiasm for music (laughs) and uh, I too uh, have enthusiastic children and students who hit the drums and it goes well when they know there's a sense of order and pattern to it. And it's interesting to see the connection between music and maths and English and literature, and it's important to recognise the diversity in any classroom. I was teaching a class the uh, other day, and uh, there were 25 students, and uh, there'd be five perhaps interested in one aspect of maths and five in another and mm. another five totally disinterested. But when I spoke to them, they were interested in other areas. And when I could explain that maths connected with them, they generated some interest there. It's important for us as teachers and parents to recognise the diversity of children and the diversity exactly. of gifts yes. and the ways in which... I
2: need to do, I need to do as my maths teacher. <laughs> Hey, <laughs> yeah, let me just, I, I uh, think it's about how it get, get, um, you know, communicated. You know, I could have loved it, I'm sure. But like uh, Well, we've got I'd-
1: you here, Joanne. Um, the thought yeah. here, Sam, that I'm having as I'm hearing mm. you and uh, Joanne interact here is that music is itself mathematical, mm. but it also mm. might be that connecting point to the emotional personality of the person. So... Uh, we might be thinking about God and music and the way that he uses music mathematically and in this sense of
0: of who we are as human personalities. Any thoughts from you on that? Certainly, uh, some people are more intuitive and they're doing the maths of music intuitively through their ear and through their uh, emotions. Others are more social. And so they're doing their maths through conversation and talking. Again, it's important to recognise the diversity of students that we have and the diversity that's within each person and the need for each other, the need to work together. Well, Joanne,
1: thank you so much for your call. Our talkback line is open on one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. 316 316 We are talking about mathematics and faith in God. Some people, Sam, say that maths is an absolute opposite uh, to faith. Um, You know, we might be able to enlarge on this some more, but a thought or two from you, on the way that people feel about mathematics because some people will be thinking they are very scientific, mathematic brains, therefore they should leave God out of the system. Any thoughts here on the fact that some people think they're opposites? Uh,
0: two reasons. One is reductionism. That is, people feel that you can reduce a house to 20 metres by 10 metres by 3 metres and you've explained away the architect, you've explained away the home, you've explained away the purpose and meaning disappears with this reductionism. So that's a bit concern. The other is the anxiety that we've been talking about as well some people have had anxiety about religion or anxiety about maths and so uh, that causes a uh, problem uh, and the other is uh, bad experiences if you, if you have a bad experience if you have a bad experience of a uh, petrol station doesn't mean you never fill your car up with petrol you go to another one so I think there are a few reasons
1: Sam before we go any further let's take another call Richard is in Alstonville in New South Wales hello Richard welcome along
3: uh, g'day guys. Um, I've got a question. I'm not sure how, how much it obtains to to maths, but it's more the sort of the spiritual side or the the faith side. When you have a person in evangelism that's not a Christian asks you about um, why can we not change laws on whim, how how would you answer that on a faith based level?
1: Uh, Why can we not change the laws? The laws are already set in place. Uh, Sam, your thoughts here?
0: Uh, Neil and I were having a talk before about the parent who imposes a 10pm curfew on children. And it's very important to have rigid guidelines. We have breakfast at a certain time, lunch. Evening meal, and we do need a curfew because there's a law of rest which says you need eight hours sleep. And if you ignore that and go for more than three days with zero hours sleep, then there are consequences. And so the laws that we have in a culture or in a society reflect the laws that are in the universe and chicken and egg. There must be a lawmaker and architect. But at the same time, there are times when those laws appear to be a major problem such as the 10pm curfew and that there is a special Function that goes on for the teenager till 11pm or 12pm, can the teacher break those uh, laws or the parent break those laws? I remember driving my car towards Toowoomba, was pouring with the rain, I went round a corner, I turned uh, the wheel and suddenly realised I had no contact with the road, it was just all water under my tyres and I was sliding at 80 kilometres an hour towards the guard rail and as one does, you say a quick prayer, Lord help me. And then uh, the car stopped about a millimetre away from the guardrail, not a scratch or a Mm. mark, and I thank God, and I thought, um, I believe in miracles. And so I I think this balance between laws, you've got to have laws, but uh, laws aren't all that's going on. There's also relationship, like the relationship of a parent with a child, just as we said in the Monopoly game, you've got to have laws, but you've got the freedom as to how you have movement. And Life is about this balance between law and freedom, and in a running race, um, you need uh, not only the laws that guide the running race, you need the freedom, uh, you need the training, and you need the wisdom in order to know what's going on, to not only know the laws that govern what is going on, but also and the laws of nutrition, and the laws of exercise, and all the many laws that uh, govern. But you also need motivation. You need emotion. And you very much need relationship with others who are more knowledgeable than you, who are wiser than you. And who's the most knowledgeable and wisest of all? God. And also the people that he's put here, trainers and sports people and others with experience. We need each other. We need relationships that go beyond law. Richard, how was that for a response?
3: Some getting there. I think it's a big one to expand upon, but yeah, I get what he's trying to say with the answer, yes.
1: Uh, just uh, while we've got you here, Richard, uh, when you talk about laws and uh, you were saying you're sharing your faith with someone who's not a Christian and they bring up this issue of laws, uh, are they talking about you know, how can a miracle happen uh, if there are laws that govern everything, and so Sam's illustration there about the parent and the curfew, uh, the parent has the right to be able to change the curfew if they want. Mm-hmm. Is that the sort of thing you were sort of talking about?
3: Yeah, I was coming coming out from from that perspective, but also with society today and politics and the, and the left and whatever side you sit on in politics, there's our, our our especially the Labor Party at the moment are trying to break down and. Get rid of our laws and i was coming out from the point of view that as a christian we we carry the the value and respect that god created laws before any human being even thought about them so um if god is found in society and in the kingdom and in the world we can't just go and change something um because you know they that they have a a thought or a feeling or an inkling I was, I was more coming at it from that point of view. You
1: know, uh, with everything that's going on now, uh, and when you've got experts who can't uh, d- tell you what a woman is, uh, I think this is where you're getting into this because, uh, and someone was having this discussion recently, we all know that 2 plus 2 equals 4, except when you're driven by ideology, which says 2 plus 2 equals 5. And we know that that's not right. You mathematically can prove it's not right, but when you're ideologically driven, then uh, anything goes and therefore you're outside of uh, a system which actually does work. Uh, I suspect that's the sort of thing you're talking about, Richard. Uh, any thoughts there, Sam? I mean, you know, uh, this is not your strong suit, the politics area, but w- what, what are your thoughts here for Richard?
0: It takes me back to the monopoly game idea. People will try and uh, cheat the monopoly <laughs> and they'll try and do things that don't fit with the laws and you've got to have laws. It might be a soccer game as well. Um, if you break the law- There are consequences. I think uh, one thing that the gospel message also has is grace, like in the prodigal son, that when you break the monopoly rules, when you break the uh, soccer or sports or football rules, there's opportunity for repentance, confession and change. And so I think we need freedom to express I don't like the rules in Monopoly, but we also need to recognize we're part of a society. We're part of a world God has made, and out of his wisdom, he has given us certain laws in terms of gender etc and uh, we break them with some hesitation and danger Uh, so some might be
1: trying to tell us right now two plus two equals five Uh, just leave that a little while because they will soon discover there's consequences of not getting the maths right and uh, that two plus two actually does equal four and there will be a move back towards that and I guess uh, you could apply that across as a principle, across all sorts of different dimensions where people are pushing the boundaries. Uh, Richard, thank you so much for your call. 1-800-316-316 to join our conversation. Let's take some more calls. Alex is in
3: Melbourne. Hello, Alex.
4: Oh, yes, hello, thank you.
3: Um, I'm hearing the word order quite a lot, and uh, I read in the, in Corinthians chapter 14 at the end there, it says, Uh, that all things should be done decently and in order in the church. And also, um, uh, when uh, Christ rose from the dead, in John chapter 20, verse 7, we read, And the napkin that was about his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself. And I thought, well, there's order for you coming coming out of that situation taking it off your head and then wrapping it up and putting it down and it's a bit like making
1: your bed isn't it uh, getting out of bed in the morning and uh, making it before you go off to work and there's Jesus rising from the dead and taking the funeral cloth and wrapping it neatly and leaving it uh, on the slab so to speak uh, sam uh, any thoughts here for
0: alex it's a great reminder of the importance of wisdom, knowing the laws, knowing that sense of order, uh, knowing the wisdom of making your bed in the morning, uh, knowing uh, the wisdom of having a sense of order in every part of life. I really like those thoughts. Alex, thank you so much for your call.
1: 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation. Let's take another call. Dave is in Busselton in WA. Hi, Dave. How you going? Good, Dave. What are your thoughts?
4: Yeah, I just um, I've, I've got a 13-year-old son who's um, just incredibly smart. He's just got a real brain for maths and got an incredible memory. And anyway, yesterday he's telling me about um, the infinite numbers of pi and all, all this stuff. And you know, to me that just points straight to God. And I'm just wondering, you know, if you, if you know of any resources out there that, you know, like books that sort of connect the two that I could get him to read or you know, read myself and then pass it on. Sam. Yeah, certainly
0: uh, Google is helpful. Even better is Google Scholar if you want to go a bit more scholarly. And then if you type in Christianity and Maths, um, Christianity and the Infinite, you'll find that a lot of people have written on that. So I certainly encourage you to uh, explore the good resources that are out there. Fabulous stuff. Dave, is that helpful?
1: Yeah, thanks a lot. Cheers. Thank you before we move on to another call this is an interesting uh, and important point that there are people who are studying in tertiary institutions they're christians and they're writing all sorts of dissertations and theses on these issues of god and faith and mathematics is this something that's fairly common do you think sam
0: oh very much so uh, if you were to uh, and I've talked to quite a lot of uh, professors of mathematics and one finds that a huge number of them often are christians and often think deeply about the sense of order. That's partly what gets many of them into the study of maths and aspects of science over the centuries and also today. So um, certainly Google or go to Scholar Google, Google Scholar and uh, you can look up some terrific resources. Also YouTube if you put in the same thing, maths and uh, science and uh, maths and science and Christianity, maths and Christianity, science and Christianity um, you can sit back and uh, listen uh, to these. And if Go uh, asleep um, listening to these at night, you could wake up speaking like them in the morning. <laughs> there you are.
1: The thought comes to mind, Sam, uh, <coughs> when you have a Christian faith, a Christian view of the world, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to in contrast with someone who does not, mm-hmm. uh, I wonder whether there might actually be something that actually draws you with curiosity into the meaningfulness of creation, the meaningfulness of the fact that there are laws, Uh, whereas if you are moving towards the non-Christian or the atheistic side, that you might be less interested because a house is just a house, as you say, but unless you've got the Creator— It becomes, it's not a home. There's all of the things that create a home that are different to the house. So if you're just the house person, you might be less inclined to be curious and excited about these things. Any thoughts?
0: I think children have a natural curiosity about God, uh, the unseen realm. They have a natural curiosity about law and what is lawful and what is breaking the law and how far they can go. And uh, then in adolescence, uh, people want to throw off some of the laws and try things a bit different, which gets them in all sorts of uh, troubles. And then I think maturity in adulthood is understanding the balance between freedom and law. And so if you know the laws of budgeting, then that can help you to do well. If you break the laws of budgeting, you know they're going to come consequences. So adulthood, I think, is learning that balance and similarly um, learning uh, about laws and grace in the heart and mind of God and how we work with God in our life journey in order to be profitable. Taking calls,
1: 1-800-316-316. Steve is in Parks, New South Wales. Hi, Steve. Welcome.
4: Yeah, got Brother Neil and Brother Sam is it Sam
1: yes is it dr Sam is it's it It's Dr Sam yep, brother Sam, Dr Sam yeah. <laughs> what are your thoughts, I've Steve got a,
4: well um you know mathematics is everywhere if you look in the studio that Brother Neil's in, everything in front of him can be expressed as mathematical formulas within this society today of wake and cancel culture. the, the old theories of Einstein, I believe, and Newton have been thrown out. The most worrying one is Einstein's E is equal to MC squared. Now, around the world right now, a lot of superpowers are arming to the teeth. You throw out those laws and throw out the laws of God, we are on the cusp of thermonuclear warfare, what would you advise, Dr. Sam, as far as the teachings of Christ? Um, what should ordinary Christians around the world be embracing in order to stop this mad race for um, uh, the superpowers? Uh, We're on the cusp of, as I said, thermonuclear warfare with what's happening in Russia. And, um, Steve, you're and, raising a good point, coming?
1: and this contrast between the one who has Christian values, uh, Christian laws, you might even say, and those who do not, and the sorts of superpowers you're talking about that are threatening with the nuclear weapons right now are coming from that atheistic, communistic uh, foundation, which is a godless Uh, uh, regime. Uh, Thoughts here, Sam, because you've got these who would be founding their own ideologies in communism or a godlessness. They're the ones who
0: are threatening with all the weapons. Uh, Any thoughts here for what Steve's saying? My thought is that the problem has to do with imposed power. When one group or when one nation or when one person feels they have all of the answers, whether it be communistic or socialist, etc., and try and impose them upon others, we have a problem. Jesus lived at a time when the Romans felt they had all the answers and they wrote the laws in Latin. And they sought to impose those uh, laws, and the religious leaders of uh, Jesus' time sought to impose religious laws such as Sabbath observance. And Jesus challenged both the Romans and the religious, over-religious, dogmatic, law-only people by going to the cross and laying down his life and showing that humility, love, Openness to the love of God, prayer, worship, concern for children, concern for women, um, real concern rather than imposed law through nuclear weapons or through other forms of weaponry. The Romans were expert on weapons. That's why they conquered the world. But Jesus conquered Rome with love. And Paul went to Rome to communicate the world-changing power of Jesus and love. Steve, thank you so much for your contribution. Uh, We might be worried,
1: Sam, if uh, you've got... Uh, nations that are communist-based, godless-based, really making their threats with nuclear weapons, uh, you might be concerned that those nations that do say that they have some history and foundation in godliness and taking uh, the United States or, in fact, the Western world, uh, but if the Western world is losing its godliness and is moving towards that communist godlessness, mm. uh, how that might actually play out if you're talking about, you know, mathematics and uh, the way that the, the world works, uh, threats and war and uh, nuclear weapons. Any thoughts so far as, uh, you know, where those sorts of... I mean, we're probably way off topic here. But the way that the, our own thoughts about the way the world works actually determine the way we'll wield the weapons of warfare...
0: And certainly, Alexander Solzhenitsyn wrote about this when he spoke about the abuse of power, which he recognized can occur in Russia, but he also recognized that the abuse of power can also occur in America as well. And so he warned against the abuse of their rich heritage in Christianity um, and that any nation can lose it and any nation can recover that rich heritage as well. So mathematics
1: and power, we're talking about laws again and you've got a system and outside of the system you've got the one who is actually giving the system any meaningfulness any purpose uh, giving the home to the house so to speak that happens not only in our own homes but that's happening on a uh, you know a uh, geopolitical level uh, nation against nation uh, this is all just as powerful and it's it's got that mathematic connection
0: And certainly, economics is very much about our governments, and we've got a budget coming up seeking to balance the mathematics, and that affects us all. Decisions we make each day affect us all, and this is why I think budgeting, that's one of the topics we often teach in class, um, is so important. It helps students to learn how to balance the numbers. Uh, When people go to the shops, I often like to get my children or grandchildren to do the calculations and work out where things go. Maths is so important. Important all around us because if we follow the laws of mathematics or gravity and understand them we'll do well in life if we don't follow the laws of budgeting or the shops or uh, mathematics then uh, we have more difficulty in life. So this is part of the opportunity for wisdom that God has given us. But at the same time, we recognize there will be times when through circumstance of life or whether an unwise decision causes us to fail, and uh, we've got to have an opportunity to turn around again. And that's why relationship is also important, this opportunity to turn to God and say, help, it's not going so well. How do I get out of the difficulty, I think, and uh, the wonder of the Christian message is that it includes the opportunity for help when people get into trouble as well.
1: We could talk on for perhaps hours. Uh, You've got, come back to the illustration of the circle for a moment. Outside of the circle, you've got God who is bigger than the circle. You have to have something bigger than the circle to draw the circle, You've got God and his influence of what goes on within the circle. And you've got mathematics in the process here. Let me just bring you back, Sam, because when you said that Jesus was up against some of the same challenges uh, because the Roman Empire was a tyrannical empire and it was in control. And yet with this small band of followers, 12 disciples, within three to 400 years, the whole Roman Empire had collapsed and Christianity was made the straight religion. There is a sense here in which, um, you know, the what happens outside of the mathematical equation that's influencing it is the way God is actually moving in history. Any thoughts here? And I know we haven't got a lot of time, but, uh, but thoughts here about the way
0: God is using the system uh, to actually bring about his will. Certainly, the place of the church, I think, is vitally important. People go to school, preschool, primary school, um, possibly on to uh, tertiary after high school, but often we don't have a place to meet. Once a week, apart from the church where we get wisdom, uh, where we can get daily wisdom as well. I think that's vitally important. Radio stations such as Vision are vitally important for giving us daily wisdom, weekly uh, wisdom as well. So I would encourage us to support the church, to get behind the church because they give us wisdom. Schooling is important. Maths is important. But where do we go to get wisdom on a continual ongoing place and I'd say the church. One of the things I'm teaching at the moment is also internship in schools uh, and in churches. And I'm visiting some churches over this next week or two, whereby we're introducing internship programs with Alpha Crucis. And uh, you can do a diploma of leadership there. And it can include these vital subjects, Old and New Testament. But it can also I- include um, critical thinking for effective learning, those sorts of subjects that make you wise. And also you can count them in secular um work that you can get, so there's an opportunity to go into secular places with your Diploma of Leadership or Diploma of uh, Business, um, tongue-in-cheek, from Alpha uh, Cruises College, and you can... I'll give it.
1: the I'll give the website for Alpha Cruces in just a moment, because there mm. might be some listeners who are thinking, mm. well, I'd like to explore this a little bit further, and uh, some of the ways that this interacts. Uh, just uh, thought here, though, because when we're talking about mathematics, mm. we're talking about the foundation for order. Mm. Uh, order not only in worldly systems, but also order in the church. That's necessary, and uh, that's the sort of thing uh, that when we talk about uh, as a believer, uh, we need to pursue that sort of order. But it's not just order that we make up ourselves. It's order that comes from God. Um, Sam, we do need to wrap things up here, and there's all sorts of things, no doubt, we could continue to talk here you mentioned a Diploma of Leadership uh, moving towards this through Alpha Crucis College. The website for listeners to connect with Dr. Sam Hay is ac.edu.au, ac.edu.au. Uh, you're talking about a new eight-subject course to be taught at Alpha Crucis, uh, one that has an internship element, uh, getting equipped, being prepared not only for your work in the church, but also work in whatever job you might be pursuing in your career. Uh, It's just wonderful getting your insights once again. Uh, Dr. Sam Hay, thank you so much for joining us on 2020.
0: Uh, Thank you, Neil, and thank you, Vision Radio.
1: Thanks for
2: taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.